Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. The football coach is crying in the basketball. How will I know my roster? Like what? Like the NFL? <laughs> like they don't know the roster. <laughs> Pete Thamel. Is this going to be like a mile marker in how coaching looks and feels different? And SI's Pat Forty. Watch the coaches where they stop and linger a little bit longer with somebody in the opposing team. And I always wonder, are they saying, hey, when you're ready to transfer, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here. We would, we would like to have you. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Welcome to Pod. Big issue this week is the NCAA Division One Council is meeting. Sorry, I fell asleep in the middle of that. Can you say that again? Sorry about that. <laughs> Get your minutes. Well, I can tell you, Pete, I'm throwing it right to you to explain all of this because I don't really want to do that. Anyway, the key issue here, I believe, is, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Are we, how many in-person evaluations on campus are allowed and uh, all the different. This is where you end up with the bagel and the cream cheese stories. This is, this is like satellite <laughs> camp fights. Remember, like, before the Ooh, pandemic, yeah, right. there was one off season where all we did was talk about satellite camp fights. This is satellite like, camp. Camps were going to change everything, yes. all the stuff to coach. Remember, or my favorite is summer basketball recruiting calendar. Oh, yeah. Fights. The oh. coaches flip out. There's a seven day pause in the middle. <laughs> it's going to, I want, how are you supposed to do nothing, that? Nothing freaking yeah. happened. Go home. Go see your kids. <laughs> nothing, ha- nothing changed. Nothing changed. Nothing like coaches whining about inconveniences to them. Anyway, that's who knows what these guys are going to come up with. But the big issue is the transfer policy. Will they have the one time no penalty transfer? Go whatever school you want. Pete, tell us about this. Are there going to be conference restrictions? Is it just wide open? What is the possibility here? The likelihood uh, of a Wednesday afternoon passing from the uh, historic vaunted NCAA Division One Council is that the one-time transfer rule will pass. There will be no conference restrictions within this transfer rule. The only thing that my understanding from talking to a few council members the other night that's gumming it up right now is how it will affect academics. APR, progress towards degree. Like if you transfer from UMass to Notre Dame, they are going to be different majors. Where if you transfer Arizona State, where it has six billion online degrees or BYU or something like that, like they could take your credits. Whereas Wake Forest may not be able to. So there's going to be some, it's never going to be perfect, right? Like you're not just going to introduce mass legislation and go. But that, I was told, 
will be discussed by some other panel with some other acronym with some other people on it. It'll take a long time because the only thing we can ever accurately predict about the NCAA is it'll move slowly and that will sort itself out. So this is the official stamping on Wednesday of what we have long expected. There's probably been a 20 year rallying cry for this moment. It's actually fairly significant in a way. And there's really been uh, you know, a push in the past few years for free transfer, free market transfer one time without penalty, without loss of playing time. And the market is already operating as if this is happening. So the significance is more historic than like, it's not like everything's gonna start, like it's gonna pull a trigger. Pretty much the last year or two, if you did transfer, you could find a sick grandmother or uh, a new major or a dog to eat your homework. You could you could get a waiver. If you couldn't get a waiver, you had the wrong lawyers and the uh, in, in not ambitious enough compliance people. So this is already reality we've been living in. So no one's claiming the sky is falling. It's more of a more of formalizing the way the market dictated uh college athletics yeah that's a, this is going to happen this is happening this has happened uh the, the the big thing as we've discussed is i mean we're looking at 1300 basketball men's basketball players alone in the transfer portal so they're all there just basically anticipating this happening so they don't even have to bother with the waiver process which as you noted had become a complete sham <laughs> it was ridiculous you know and so that's like in, in all areas of college athletics, I'm always in favor of getting rid of the sham and let's get to some level of truthfulness and reality. And the reality is people want to be able to transfer without penalty, and they should be able to, like they can in every other sport in college athletics. You know, the, 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 the Vital, Tom Izzo, et cetera, coach, coach, athletic director, athletic director, sky is falling mantra. It's like, well, why is it only falling in your sport? Why has it been going on for decades in these other sports without the sky falling? Because your sport's screwed up. That's why. So fix your sport. The rule is fine. Your sport is screwed up. The basketball is a transient sport. And maybe that's not screwed up. Maybe that's just the way it is and the way it should be. Uh, but it is perceived as this unmanageable chaos, this you know sin that has come down and is loose upon the land. And like... Every wrestler can can transfer from school X to school Y. Every volleyball player without sitting out. It's okay. They will be able to do this. And yes, I think there's going to be this surge now. I eventually think it's going to calm down. My only hope is that the NCAA, which says they will maintain a waiver policy, gets really strict about the waiver policy. And 99% of the time says, no, you are not getting a second transfer for free. You got your one. That's the rule. That's fine. But after that, Here's the deal. So we'll see how it plays out on that front. But uh, this is, you know, the 53rd example of the Cassandras in college sports saying this is the ruination of college sports and it won't be the ruination of college sports. Yeah, I, I would go with no waivers after this. Zero. Ironclad. I don't care what happened. You know what? The worst thing, yeah. you, it's not that you're not allowed to transfer. You just can't play right away. Right. So yeah. getting a free year of school is not a hardship. Uh, I, I think they should transfer as is whenever you want. However, if you were going to have the old policy, they never should have started. the Once they started the tearjerker waiver thing, the waiver wire was based on on how how bad of a story you could tell. Yeah. Uh, that's when it all went, went away. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, this is not going to end. This is all all of it was about 
guys, coaches like enjoying that they could just set their roster and go on vacation or whatever. It just didn't have to do spring recruiting, all the stuff. Sorry, you're making $5 million a year. Tough break. You got to work a lot. It's a hard job. You don't want it? Hey, you can be Roy Williams. Retire. You know, someone yeah. else will do it. The football coach is crying. The basketball. How will I know my roster? Like what? Like the NFL? <laughs> Like, they don't know the roster. The (laughs) bit where if you transfer, there's some kind of state secrets that this kid is going to be able to tell someone else. We have to play that team. In the NFL, guys switch by the week. They were on the Jets last week, and they're on the Patriots. Patriots (laughs) would always sign a guy from the Jets. Every week. Yeah. Every week. (laughs) They're playing the Jets. If If your offense or your defense, your scheme or your secrets are so simple that some kid who is most likely not a major part of the program will leave and then reveal them to someone else in your conference that you may or may not play this year and you will, you will lose. Then you shouldn't be the head coach. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) If it's that simple, then basically those head coaches at the other school will have already figured out by watching your tape. So it's not, they can't be seen. All of this stuff was garbage. Let the kids transfer. It's Is it going to be wild? Yes. But this is the new thing. Baylor just won with three transfers. Uh, you know, it's the ruination of the game. Do, do, was it, as a fan, was it more fun when guys didn't transfer very often and you got a kid and you watched him develop over four years? And he, absolutely. It really was, right? You, you get a recruit. This is our group. This is our team. Um, and you, you see kid plug, plug, plug. And then by the time he's a senior, he's a starter. He makes a big play and he goes down. Love that stuff. That can still happen. Can still happen. It's more fun, but this is reality. You can't, you can't, this is what it's going to be. Guys are going to transfer and you have to work every day on creating an environment that people want to be a part of. And, and that's why you look at that Alabama won the national title this year on the strength of a 2017 recruiting class. Jones. Harris, these guys weren't playing as freshmen. They stuck around and stuck around and stuck around. And when it was their turn, they crushed it. Nick Saban's got that that culture in place to win. So I think those are going to be the big things. What are you creating that makes people want to stay? Uh, you know, I've seen this bemoaning. There's 1,500 kids in the transfer portal. There's only going to be 700 spots, 700 kids. We need to protect the kids. No, let them make stupid decisions. Deal with it. That's America. We get married and divorced. We open businesses that fail. <laughs> we, I, you know, I mean, that some people launch bad podcasts. Yeah, we have podcasts that no podcasts. one listens to. Yeah. Somebody yeah. has to lose I the mean, chicken war. You know, we all. Someone's got to. Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to lose. Yeah. Deal with it. In Shreveport. That's life. You know, <laughs> bad ideas. Zach Space, I'm sorry. Bad ideas. We hire Chad Morris as an SEC coach. You know, <laughs> things happen. You're still mad at Chad for uh, not letting those, uh, not letting so, his uh, players talk to up. those cheerleaders, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Sure. He's the coach care. at sorry, Allen Chad. High School now. Those poor kids, man. They won't even be able to oh, chat up the no high team school. members. <laughs> no high school girl, no girlfriends in high school, man. Or only your own man. school. You can't date anyone outside of Allen. <laughs> This would be a disaster for the show. All American would make the show totally boring because they're the dating between South Crenshaw high and Beverly high is completely out of control right now. 
<laughs> no, no Americans kind of gone off the rails ever since the, the ever since Chip Kelly uh, Chip Kelly's appearance. It was that was the end of season one. I, it's gotten a little bit crazy. He was season two. Season one was excellent. Yeah. Season two, okay. Season three is absolutely disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Baker got married secretly. What? Yeah, really? as a high school kid. Secretly. Yeah. Oh, to well, the, he, to the he mother of his kid, right? Spoiler alert. No, it's not the mother. The, the the girl, the woman he married, the girl he married was pregnant with another person's child. Oh, that's right. And that's then right. gave it up for adoption. Now, it's possible, but I mean, that is that is one a high, 17 year old kid and high, high school quarterback is going for that. But then she also has turned out she's a Stanford level student and a a nearly this this girl that he married nearly a Serena Williams tennis star too. Like the, the amazing oh. number of things that okay. people can accomplish on the show. Anyway. <laughs> Like, really? Is anyone just a normal kid on this show? Like, I'm a teen mom. I got married. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm the next Serena Williams, and I've got straight A's, and Stanford wants me to go to school there. Where's or the Penn. kid getting that B minuses was... going to UC Riverside, right? Yeah, like... right, right. <laughs> what, where, what is going on? Wait, I don't know why we're on this topic. Um, anything else coming out of this? Transfers. It's a quarter yes. of the – isn't yeah. about a quarter of the basketball players are now in the portal? I think yeah. that might be right. So, I, don't, I don't know these two so things. Two things. One is Pat was very anti-sham. Like, I really think shams have been pretty good to this podcast, so I don't think we should wish away all the shams, okay? <laughs> uh, the, the second thing is I'm very curious now in football and basketball how this changes the recruiting approach. If you are a have-not how many how many how how hard do you recruit high school kids? Do you wait for older kids? If you're a have, like how much attention do you put on you know like look, Duke can go get five stars. Like if you are not at that level, do you wait for 20, 21 year olds, sophomores and juniors who've been great in the CAA and pull them up? Um, just like philosophically, how do you fill your roster? How much energy you put on high school recruits who there is now a at least a 25% chance that they're going to leave because they're not good enough or they're too good. So yeah, just right. ha, the, the entire landscape is completely going to transform in, uh, in both sports and the, the aspect of, you know, the, the old guard coach, Oh, he needs to work through adversity. Well, these kids aren't going to work through adversity when they don't play. They're going to leave. Like right. that's just, that's happening. That's going to happen. That will happen. And so the recruiting dynamic to me is really interesting and then Dan touched on it a little bit with the how do you treat your players? Like, I can't imagine Greg Marshall would have, like, thrived in the era of uh, of one-time transfer. You know, he wasn't thriving in the area when they, when they had yes. to sit out. So, you know, he was losing guys by the yes. handful. And so is this going to officially mark, like, the death of the autocrat? We've seen we've seen the autocrat cycling out. Um, but is this officially going to do that and then usher in the – PJ Flex and Will Healy's and the positivity, the experience, the the new age coach. Like, is this a is this going to like really become a pivot point? We can put Dabo in there. He's probably the forefront of that, right? Is this really going to like slides in the in the football offices and mini golf? Like, is d does this is this going to be like a mile marker in how coaching looks and feels different? I think it will be. I think it's a very good point, and I, I do think it will. I think it already has been to a degree, and I think that will continue and probably accelerate. Uh, 
you know, interesting. I don't know whether there's an exact correlation to that or not. I think there's many factors at play. And we've touched on this a little bit on previous pods. But the number of black coaches that are being hired in college basketball is way up. Right now, 24 out of 45 uh, black coaches. 23 first-time head coaches. 18 of them are black. Five of them are white. Big kind of paradigm switch from what had been embarrassingly low numbers. Nine, there were nine black coaches in the Power Five in 2020, 20, the 2020-21 season, which is just absurd. Uh, there's going to be at least 14 this next year. But the point being there, somebody raised it to me. As a matter of fact, Craig Robinson, the NABC executive director and happens to be Michelle Obama's brother. Uh, and he said, you know, th there's not necessarily a direct correlation that black coaches are going to be, quote unquote, players coaches, but they might be have a little bit more ability to relate to black players, which most of the players tend to be black. Uh, and so he thinks that the, that the transfer rules the era of player empowerment, so to speak, is part of a correlation to uh, what we're seeing in terms of hiring trends. So I think, to, to your point, Pete, that there will be even more of a premium put on guys who don't sit in the office and don't just yell at your players and get out and, hey, try to know them as people and relate to them in that way. For the last like four or five years I've watched this, I will be watching it even more now with this new rule. That the post-game handshake lines, assuming we are going back to handshake lines. So just wait, watch the coaches where they stop and linger a little bit longer with somebody in the opposing team. And I always wonder, are they saying, hey, when you're ready to transfer, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here. We would, we would like to have you. The Earl Thomas come get me moments. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. going to happen more. Well, all the 16 seeds are auditioning. When you make the NCAA tournament, they're just auditioning. The play-in games are really just like scouting opportunities. That's that's where it's uh, that's where it's gone. Um, you mentioned basketball, Pat. I thought it was fascinating. Western Carolina hired Justin Gray, the former Wake Forest point guard who had a long career in Europe. He's an excellent player. He was Carmelo Anthony's roommate at Oak Hill. He was Chris Paul's backcourt mate at Wake. He was an assistant coach for two years at uh, Winthrop. Right. He was under Pat Kelsey. Right. And Pat Kelsey is, is referred to him as one of the best, best assistant coaches he's ever had. Like, like he, can't, he comes with super high praise. Nearly got the Winthrop job, which is one of the better low major jobs. I believe he's 35. That profile. Now, again, he's not Penny. He's not Pat Ewing. He's not Chris Mullen in that former star mold. We saw the trend of hiring guys, Juwan Howard. But do we start to see younger star college players either coming out of the NBA or coming out of Europe, acclimating to the college game, and then quickly becoming head coaches? Like, I, I hope we see that as a trend in I really like that heartened me a lot more than some like a star coach coming back for diversifying the coaching ranks, because here's a guy who's a name, but not a boldface name who clearly has the acumen. He's clearly earned it and is now getting, uh, you know, getting an opportunity in uh, in short time. I have a story running on Yahoo on Thursday about the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches, which Mike Loxley founded. And I, I crunched the numbers in football. 20 of the 130 head coaches in college football are minorities. So I didn't I didn't do it by African-Americans. I did that. The, the numbers are minorities. If Emmett Jones stays on as Kansas's coach, that number goes is going to go to 21 uh, for for next year. And the last and this is the guy who I brought up in the last college football hiring cycle, just two of the 15 full time hires 
went to uh, minority coaches. Now it's Charles Huff and Andy Avalos at uh, at Boise State. So Loxley's organization is going to be matching athletic directors with one-on-one mentorship with promising young coaches is a way to uh, as a way to, to to help lift that group up. So it's a, it's an interesting notion and concept, and I, I really hope it it is helpful because. We really need to see a swing in college football like we like we just saw, like we've seen in this last hiring cycle in, in college basketball. I I wish I wasn't skeptical that we won't see it as 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 immediately, but I'm I'm until I see the change, I will I will remain skeptical. Um of that, I mean when you look, I believe the SEC and the Sun Belt both have uh no minority coaches. Right. Uh yes, in, yeah, football, in football, right? Correct. So, Head coach. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there's a ways to go. There's you know, yes. there's just then there's limitations of uh, or poor numbers at uh, coordinator positions. There is the sort of bit that the, the the hot trend is to hire an offensive coordinator that was a young quarterback at one point. That position also is you know so there's a lot of things leading in. You have a, you have African Americans on staffs, but they they tend to get put into running back and defensive back positions. Second chances are rarely given out to that you know that that guy. I mean we if you're we're going to talk about Bobby Petrino later. I mean, he just keeps getting jobs. He wins. But, you know, yeah. he's always going to have that kind of thing. So it's there's a long way to go for football. But there is there is certainly movement in basketball. Um, I think everybody wants, like, qualified people to get the chance at a job. But when you're dealing with the same issue for 20, 30, 40 years and you never see any progress, you can't sit there and say, no one's – this has to work better. And sometimes it's a little bit out-of-the-box thinking. Um or it takes a guy like takes a guy like Jawan Howard to start a, a little trend, right? And all of a sudden, people are like, "Absolutely huh, interesting." Jawan effect. Jawan effect. He could have. He was a trailblazer as a player, and he could be as a as a as a coach as well. Uh, all right, I wanted to get to this story that was written that came out Wednesday. SI, our, our friend Michael Rosenberg did a great job. He did a profile of Trevor Lawrence, uh, who we uh, is going to be the number one pick in the draft. You know, the thing about Trevor I thought was interesting, and maybe it's a lot of it because this year access was so limited due to COVID. But as much as he was around, I don't recall endless, you know, these kind of sit down profiles of Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that I ever learned that much about Trevor Lawrence for a guy who was that prominent. We knew a lot about Johnny Manziel and a lot about Tim Tebow and a lot about Lamar Jackson and a lot, you know, these really prominent yep. players, even Tua, you knew more about his family and stuff. I, I don't know what it was, but we didn't quite maybe get this. So interesting uh, profile, and it really gets into who Lawrence is. Now, this guy just got married to uh, Marissa uh, Maori. They had a little video and everything on. Uh, did we end up buying them the toaster? As a podcast? We didn't. Somebody we did, did buy the toaster. Okay. Somebody bought okay. the toaster. God. We <laughs> Jags fans, they pulled together on Twitter. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> different ways to toast bread. Was that it? 67. Yeah. There's oh, 67, yeah. 67 settings on it. 67. 67 I'm just not on that toaster. sophisticated. I, only, I would only eat my toast 37, 38 different ways. I don't, Sorry. I don't want to think that hard about making toast. I just want to push the butt, pull the thing down. That's that's my <laughs> thing. But I'm not Trevor yeah. Lawrence. I'm not trying to be, you know, NFL superstar. So maybe the key is getting your toast just right. So maybe that's it. He has a 67 setting toaster for $299, <laughs> 299 bucks. We were too cheap. Does Tom Brady even eat toast? 
Is that even no, in part no of the Brady way. plan? Avocado toast. No. Are Avo you kidding? Yeah. No. Oh. I don't know. Well, this There's is no part way. of the thing. Trevor uh, Trevor is committed, but he ain't going to play that game. Let me read you some quotes. And these were undoubtedly have already been aggregated uh, poorly, <laughs> uh, outraged, uh, screamed about on television. Blogs are t- feasting on. Sent out as uh, push notifications. Uh, Put, uh, every single thing. <laughs> I Trevor can only Lawrence imagine. doesn't care. Rosenberg is talking to Trevor and Marissa. That alone is pretty interesting. You're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to get. Now, granted, it's like his wife. You don't know have that. But very rarely do you interview an NFL player and his wife sitting there. Right. Okay. So that alone shows a perspective. Besides the fact he just got married before he's 21 years old. He just got married. Couple looked uh, great in the, uh, of course, the damn video is like. This video on Instagram is like a Hollywood production. It's fun. I feel like Clemson's like Clemson's video team went and did that. Oh, oh probably. So. Still a little Clemson's chap got a great social media team. They've been this, way this out thing of is phenomenal. If you want to watch, it's much like the uh, th- the Pete's wedding. Yeah, very similar. Uh, very similar <laughs> pyrotechnics. <laughs> we got nothing. We got one picture with Pete with his fly down. We got a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, you really want me to send you the album, Dan? This is like, like multiple. Multiple uh, drone footage and like <laughs> sweeping panoramic. It's like cinematography. I think Scorsese directed it. I don't know. Anyway, here's Trevor. It's hard for he's basically his, he lacks a youthful desire to conquer the world, says Rosenberg. And this is this is Trevor. It's hard to explain that because I want people to know I'm passionate about what I do. It's really important to me, but. I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I just don't have it. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. Marissa adds, there's also more in life than playing football. Yeah, Trevor says. And I think people mistake that for being a competitor. I think it's that's unhealthy to a certain extent. Just always thinking you've got to prove somebody wrong. You've got to do more. You've got to be better. Marissa, that usually only leads to sadness as well. Always like striving for something new or better. Uh, this is his dad. He's not award driven. He's not, I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs, end quote. His high school coach, Joey King. There's no doubt about it with who he is as a person. He could walk away from it tomorrow and be fine. There's numerous examples and shows how this is that Trevor Lawrence is one hell of a football player, but he's not going to be sitting there posting on Instagram every day, rise and grind. And, and he's not going to eat off. He's going to get his toast 67 different ways, even if they're carbs. And he's pretty content to just be in him. And as Rosenberg says, this is exactly what you would want your child to say about a bracing life. But is it what you want out of your franchise quarterback? So it's very, very well written. These quotes can be pulled into a total nightmare, which Lawrence admits was going to happen. Yeah. He acknowledges. It was great self-awareness, I thought, when I great read it. Great self-awareness. I was like, Trevor Lawrence knows this will be misinterpreted, but I This is not going to be good. Yes. There, is scream- there are people screaming on cable television right now about this. Uh, but your thoughts, I thought, super interesting. All of it. The whole story was super interesting about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's, I always have thought he's an incredibly mature guy. You know, going back to when he was a freshman. So 
I'm not surprised necessarily that he has perspective. They always heard that he, that he has his life together off the field. You're correct about the fact that we haven't gotten to get inside of Trevor very much very often. I mean, he, he was not super available. That was, you know, probably part his wishes, probably part Clemson's wishes. But, you know, he didn't do a, very many of one-on-ones at all in the course of his time there at, at Clemson. Now, you watch him play. He's absolutely a competitor. I mean, there there is no doubt. He fights on the field. He doesn't play like a pretty boy at all. I mean, he runs. He puts his head down. He plays through small injuries. You know, uh, so from that standpoint, I, I have no concerns whatsoever that this is a guy when he is on the football field, he's going to give you everything he has. Off the football field, wow, he might have other interests. He might go home and do something other than sit there and watch film. And maybe that means he won't be as good as Peyton Manning. But I, 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 don't, you know, I don't read that and in any way, shape, or form say, oh, no, what if Trevor isn't going to be a great quarterback? I think he will be a great quarterback, and he might actually be a relatively mentally healthy great quarterback. I really liked that like <laughs> this peak was available uh, into him because – you can't see like the agents sitting around the office going, yeah, you know, let's let's let Trevor like reveal this side of him that he. Yeah. And I agree with Pat a thousand percent. We, we covered a bunch of Trevor Lawrence's games. He is as fiery, as competitive. He took big hits. He ran. You think about that Ohio State game in the playoff two years ago, like he risked. like nobody was ever going to is going to question one step Trevor Lawrence took on the football field for uh, for Clemson. Remember, he came, he won the quarterback battle, didn't, you know, didn't make a fuss. Like, in a way, Trevor Lawrence did pretty much everything right through his whole rise. And look, he picked the right school, too. If he wanted flash, he could have gone to in-state Georgia and been that. Now, obviously, Georgia quarterbacks aren't exactly like humming off the assembly line, but he found very wisely a place that matched him. Um, he was smart enough not to go to Tennessee, even though he grew up just down the road from Tennessee. <laughs> Thank and was God. a Tennessee fan. Thank God. Sully. Yeah. He was. He Sully. was, would have made he him was very smart to do that. The moment he walked on campus. Then <laughs> 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 they would have made him start throwing left-handed. So, What are those General <laughs> Nealon's lessons? <laughs> Can't have long hair. Number 57. <laughs> That's right. That was Gotta conform to the 11. team. General Nealon's maxims. maxim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a way, it will be interesting to see how that gets twisted and turned. By the way, Pat, he did want the Cartersville Daily Tribune circulation 6,000 at his uh, at his signing, which I thought was like a nice little window into. Uh, he he basically broke his commitment to the to the local 6,000 circulation newspaper. Yeah, like, not all the, we can all love that. Yeah. That's yeah. all awesome. that says something about someone, though. It really does. I mean, that's it does. No, it does. It totally says does. something about someone that they're like, yeah, I'm going to give it to the little local paper that probably wrote about me when I was, yeah, you know, in eighth grade. Um, there, there's a number of fascinating things. His older brother yeah. was a terrible athlete. This is fascinating, right? Okay, his older brother said was like the guy who during they played put him in little league and he'd like lay down on the bench when he wasn't up at bat. <laughs> And one time was paying so little attention that after an inning in the field, he went to the wrong dugout and sat down. Okay, so when Trevor I'm not talking Lawrence, on the podcast, I, I like to lay down too. Just wait for Pat's groaning to finish, and then my. Turn. I love it. His, his brother was like the, the daisy picker, and decided to become an artist, and literally talks about how he spent a lot of time like taking psychedelic 
uh, pills and stuff and, you know, all this stuff. And then they talk. I mean, this story is absolutely fascinating. Then they talk about like trying to question God and going through their Christian religion. And I mean, it's like, wait, what? Like, where did this how did this kid come about? Generally, one child is athletic. Like, you don't just have no athletic ability, but there he is. So fascinating. But look, here's the thing. If you're the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence is great. Like Rosenberg said, this is everything you would want out of your child. This is everything you would want out of your son-in-law. This is everything you'd want out of anybody. But this is football. Andrew Luck is a fascinating guy. And he retired. They bring up Megatron. I think that was because they weren't winning. But at some point, you just sit there and go, ah, I've had enough football. Peyton Manning they glued his neck back together and then his wife started getting shipments of, uh, of, uh, special shipments. And, uh, he came back. It was his wife, not him. Uh, Tom Brady is, is maniacal. to the point of like, he's not a, and there's a quote in here from Belichick. This is not the league for well-adjusted people. It's Parcells, but yes. (laughs) Oh, is it Parcells? All right. You know, this is, I mean, you, do you have to be the biggest thing in the NFL is you have to keep getting better. You have to absolutely be maniacal is the is the way it has been. And the guys that don't, especially a quarterback, don't continue to improve. And you can't just be like, yeah, man, I'm good enough. We'll just do this. Now, I'm not saying he's does that. But obviously, if we're going to go straight football, Neanderthal, right, I, I get it yell at me this is you know please i support trevor lawrence but you can see where someone's like well what is this yeah no see yes everybody loves a well-adjusted athlete until the well-adjusted athlete doesn't perform you know and then if they're if if jacksonville never gets better than five and eleven then uh they will probably be less enamored with their well-adjusted trevor lawrence uh you know and we'll see he may adjust he may become less of a well-adjusted person as this goes along if he you know finds out he's not having the success he wanted to see the other thing i was interesting thinking of this while we were talking this is also a this is a bit of a no risk interview for trevor because his draft status was 100 guaranteed at the time this is published right i mean he's the number one pick period he's not risking losing anything by said by being honest about, eh, you know, yes, I like football, but there's more than to life than just football. Now, again, we'll see what happens when you're actually on the field and and how the performances go there. But uh, you know, I, I just it's going to be the the melding. Here, Pete, here's a question for you, since you know Urban better than any of the rest of us. The melding of Urban's speaking of well monomania is very balanced. It's very <laughs> yeah, balanced. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. The melding of Urban's monomania with Trevor's perhaps lack of monomania. How do you see this working? It'll be interesting. I mean, because this doesn't mean Trevor Lawrence isn't going to like watch film. Like this means like right. when when the Jaguars are one and eight next year, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to like go in a dark room and be brittle with depression. Like he'll he'll be able to like go home you watch netflix uh with uh make make yeah, toast make, make some toast watch some netflix <laughs> yes do uh, do all that mm-hmm. Maybe small talk with his wife. Toast. which which degree yeah. should we have the toast today i, I, I don't even know, <laughs> I don't know. different ways <laughs> to make toast to mock the ways to make toast the old 55 is looking good yeah <laughs> <laughs> medium rare i want my toast medium yeah. rare nice yeah the <laughs> 
<laughs> Quick before I get to the urban part, the, the one one of the best window we we saw two great windows into Trevor Lawrence's last year. One was that he fought to be able to raise money for charity during the pandemic. Uh, I I wrote about it. it was No Kid Hungry was the name of the charity. It's a great charity. I'd never heard of it and uh, learned a lot about it. DC based. I talked to some folks there and basically because of the pandemic, kids were going to school in a lot of inner cities as as we know. If you don't get lunch and if you're a low-income family, you don't get meals in school. Like sometimes kids don't eat. So like Trevor Lawrence took it upon himself to like he and his wife to start, I believe, a GoFundMe, um, if my memory serves right, to, to do that. So like that was like one little window into Trevor Lawrence. And then the other one was like he was so much more mature and eloquent about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the racial justice movement than, say, his head coach. It's it yeah. just like yeah. all of this shows like he's a he's a very balanced, well-adjusted human, which I don't think should be perceived as a negative. Now, if he's your third quarterback, nope. like ham and egg in his way, trying to stick on the roster, that may not be a great mentality to have. But especially as you're about to go through a, you know, two and 14 season, Right. Like, how bad are the Jaguars going to be? I mean, they're, they're going to be off. So it Trevor Lawrence is much better equipped to handle this than Urban Meyer, as we've seen. Urban Meyer is going to lose more games this season than he lost his uh, was it nine he years. Lost at Ohio nine State? at Ohio State. Yeah. He lost nine. Yeah, yeah, he will lose more. Yeah. Yes, they will lose more. Yeah. That is like almost guaranteed. And it, in a way, it, it may be a good yin to Urban's yang where there's someone who can because what you have to do. It's like the old Brad Stevens thing about like the process over results. Trevor Lawrence is going to be good with process over results. Urban Meyer, that's that's the 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 big thing, and we'll, well, I'm sure in the drumbeat going up to this NFL season, we'll hear and read and write a lot more about that. Like Urban Meyer has been just the quintessential results oriented coach for almost 20 years now in in college football, and and can he rewire himself to? to handle this. And it's going to be interesting. Nobody's standing on the table being like, absolutely. Well, it will be very interesting. This was, I just thought it was a great piece. And I like, look, you can point to it. You can swing it around any way you want. Here's a guy who's, he just got married. Like the amount of time that 20 early guys in their early twenties waste trying to meet somebody by any means, as we now know, virtually by yeah. you can waste all, your 30s all, too by the way well your 30s too if, or <laughs> part of your 40s if you pete but uh speak in terms of nfl players it's like well yeah if he's going home and making toast he's that's yeah. better than what a lot of guys are going to do uh, spend their sunday nights after a game like sure. right he's potentially extremely capable of handling this and very mature and all of these things. And he, I mean, it's, we, I think we all wish we were as wise as, as Trevor Lawrence is in this article, but should be, uh, it should be fascinating. So I, the article just came out. So I am predicting a million hot takes on this bad boy. I'm actually surprised. And it's in, the, it's in the, like this desert of news right now. Like there's not a lot going on, you know, the masters right. is over. Nothing. I don't even know. Oh. What's, you know, it's like last year baseball. at this time. Yeah. You know what the big the big NFL debate was last year at this time? Because I am writing a Mac Jones column right now. Was that Joe what? Burrow's hand was too small? Oh, it was only yeah. nine. Remember that <laughs> the nine inch hand because he's not yeah. able to grip a football. The man had just thrown five thousand <laughs> yards, <laughs> and we debated like whether his touchdowns. hand was not big enough to grip a football. <laughs> What the F are we doing? 
Uh, that's why, but, you know, parts of the combine just, uh, I, I, they just need to be detonated. The hand is too small. The hand, man. Oh, hand uh, no one, <laughs> the, the, the metric, the advanced analytics say you can't have a hand. Um, I seen him throw a football. So the football doesn't get bigger, <laughs> does it? <laughs> His hand looked big against Alabama that day. It's a pretty yeah. big hand. Yeah. yeah. He can't grip a football. Yeah. This will be the, now, so this is the second. So Trevor's a newlywed. This will be the second straight draft where the number one pick is not out partying after. Yeah. What right. is going on? This league is getting yeah. tame. <laughs> Worried about the NFL. It's not true. I'm covering my second uh, masseuse scandal. One involving an owner, one involving a <laughs> franchise QB of three years. So he'll never fail. Trevor's too nice for the NFL. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little worried. I need more scandal out of you, Trevor. What shampoo company is he going to go with? That's what I'm, that's what I'm curious. About. How, how has that not been signed yet? Well, who's the one that they've got, uh, you know, they've got Mahomes and, uh, and Troy Palomalu. Is that head and shoulders? Right, that is head and shoulders. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor's, they need, they, Palomalu needs to be out and Trevor needs to be in alongside Kind of transition. There. Yeah. Transition Isn't that like that an admission yeah. of dandruff? If you if you have head and shoulders, like if you're Trevor, don't you just want to tell everyone? <laughs> He's too got perfect dandruff? to have dandruff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's too perfect. He's no dandruff. No right. flake has ever left yeah. that scalp. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they want to stay. The flakes want to stay. <laughs> they want some toast. <laughs> <laughs> like two slice high speed smart toaster. I know we did a whole segment on this, but it's still baffling me. Sixty three settings in total. Five food settings. So that was what threw us. We couldn't come yeah, up with right, five right. things you put in there. What do you put, like a I, chicken wing in there? Like, what is <laughs> bread, I bagel, not think you want to toast a chicken pop tart, wing. frozen waffle? Yeah. <laughs> remember those, remember those yeah. Elio's pizzas? Yeah, oh, it's, it's vertical. vertical. Oh, yeah. it's vertical. No. no. Can you imagine paying $300 for a vertical, for a vertical toaster? toaster? That's 300 for a vertical. $300. 300 Seven browning levels. Boy, to we ensure your for bagel? questionable stuff, but not this questionable. <laughs> the fact that we're still discussing this again. Seven browning levels so to like, ensure your bagel or toaster pastry comes out at perfect every time. It, uh, it also features InstaGlow technology that uses intelligent heating algorithms to sear rather than bake for a crisp outside and soft, chewy inside. That is bold. There is Sounds like a pretty good right? Pop-Tart, right? <laughs> The baking algorithm. This, these yeah. guys should send us a damn toaster. We've given them enough publicity. They should. Too slight. But so no, like you're right. Trevor's going to be making toast. Tom Brady's having avocado imported from Guatemala organically. You know, and, and could we get a breakdown of of the quarterback breakfast for that game? Brady will be like, I need a toaster with 64 settings. I'm not getting out. Break. I'm not telling <laughs> some rookie show up in this league. Yeah. Speaking of people with a chip yeah, on with the a show. better toaster, you go number one, 199. Mm -hmm. He's still mad. Nobody <laughs> believes in Tom Brady. Poor Tom. Interesting hire at the FCS level. Tennessee State is hiring Eddie George, who played at Ohio State, but has lived in Nashville. Uh, obviously, he's a Tennessee Titan. Great. Eddie is a former Yahoo Sports uh, worker. Employee, you know, we're a full time, whatever. Anyone, so. Yeah, pretty much one <laughs> of our own. Great guy. This is sort of following the Neon Dion Coach Prime, who's on a three game losing streak. I think I jinxed him when I was getting all hyped up at three and L. I bought my Clarion <laughs> Ledger subscription. Is the Clarion Ledger turned news. on him? They turn it up the heat? No, nah, no, nah, it's still a honeymoon period. Fair honeymoon enough, period. Fair we'll see though when they play Alcorn at the end. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, so, uh, us Jackson State fans are going to be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on Eddie George uh, and this kind of trend? Obviously, you win the press. You'll always win a press conference with Eddie George. He's really one of the nicest guys and funniest guys you'll ever meet. He's been, he's been an actor, a college professor. He's been everything since uh, Yahoo Sports member. That was a bad, that, not quite the 95 Buckeyes when his teammates were, you know, Orlando Pace and Rabel <laughs> yeah. and Sean Spring, Glenn. He had us. But, <laughs> yeah. Pete, your thoughts on Eddie George at Tennessee State? You know, it, it's, it's interesting. And I think some of it comes down to what value can you really get out of FCS football, right? If you have a prominent head coach which brings attention, is that actually more valuable in, in assuming that's going to draw recruits, et cetera, and draw fans? Is that more valuable than having an anonymous head coach? Like, can you guys name the the North Dakota State head coach's name? No. Matt no. Entz, he's in his second year. He won a title in his first year. He's, he's not a household name. But the point is, we're going to know these guys because we've, we've known them from their football past. So I don't have any, like, stand on the table, Eddie George thoughts, other than it's interesting and this trend is going to continue. It's not going away. And we're talking about Tennessee State on our podcast when uh, – in Jackson State, Dan has now subscribed to the Clarion Ledger to follow Deion Sanders there. So I, I think perhaps we see we see more of this if if guys like Dion and Eddie win. Sure. No, I think so too. Uh and yes, I think that when you are at that level, just getting any foothold of of attention is kind of a big leg up, especially when you are trying to compete in a market, in an SEC market. You know, you're trying to get players in the state or elsewhere to be interested in coming to Tennessee State when there's Tennessee and there's Vanderbilt and, you know, Alabama's one border over and Auburn and Mississippi, Mississippi State, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, sure, why not give it a try? Um, yeah, you know, we'll see how long Eddie's in in for this for. As Dan, I, I used to do video with Eddie like every week when, when he we were – I was early in my Yahoo uh, career – and Eddie was usually late because he was coming from acting. He would do this like this Shakespeare acting thing. Uh, so he's a very gifted guy. But he was good when we, when he got there and he got seated. But um, Pat's, uh, Pat's know, still yeah, chapped that he's late. <laughs> ah, you hear that? Uh, there was the classic Pat Forty compliment, <laughs> left-handed. He was good when he got in the seat. Well, you know, I'm there on time at 3.30, and he's rolling in at 3.45. Like, what are we talking about again? It's like My oh, favorite on. Pat Grudge you that know. showed up in a story this year was he was profiling Desmond Ritter, the quarterback at Cincinnati. It was an excellent profile. And he took some random shot at like, Desmond Ritter's high school coach's play calling. <laughs> and you can tell yeah. this guy's play calling is pissed bad off for like 10 years. It was like pathetically antiquated play call. It was like... <laughs> Just out of the blue and completely out of place. But it just, you can feel yeah. the catharsis, if you know Pat, of like letting that shot go. Ask anyone who watched St. Xavier High School football for like the 1970s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. They would throw like four passes a game. You could, you could feel that in the one throwaway sentence. It had just built up. <laughs> telling you if Pat stopped holding uh, grudges we'd really lose a lot of material right, let, let's the end the grudge Eddie we're rooting for you good luck good yeah. luck the uh, he joins uh also former Yahoo sports alum Terry Bowden who was at Akron now is at ULM he was a former so we got maybe there's hope for me yeah there's hope for me <laughs> I can, all right here's a coach that wins Bobby Petrino 
And we bring them up because mm. Mizzou, Mizzou State, Missouri State, uh, won the Missouri Valley, which is like the best FCS league, pretty much. First title in 31 years. They went 1-10 in, in 2019. Uh, their only losses to North Dakota State this year. The man can coach, but mainly bring it up because we want to play the song. <laughs> the great song that, that encapsulates uh, the end of the Bobby Petrino era in Arkansas. And the great Chris Vernon in Memphis. You may know Chris now. He does the Masters updates. What's going on? It Nothing going on. It. It <laughs> Tony B now. Where you be now? Great stuff. <laughs> it's odd we're talking about grudges and Pat and Bobby Petrino. Just is the next topic. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Pat's going to flip out. This is going to be great. But let's cue nah. the song. Nah. Play the music. Riding down the highway of girls on my bike. Man, I never <laughs> felt so alive. Screaming pig suey at the top of our lungs. Man, I never had this much fun. But then she reached around and put her hand on my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. My face is messed up. My Harley's in the shop. And I don't know if I'll keep my job. All because she reached around to my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. <laughs> Beware of the girl. We should all have never, neck never, on because uh, we're laughing Really one of the all-time control it. Verno, Verno needs more of these. He does. He's doing too much NBA now. <laughs> We're not getting. He just stands around and watches Ja Morant now. <laughs> Pat, your thoughts on Bobby Petrino winning the uh, winning here at Missouri State? I'm telling you, man. As, as has been said by many people before me, winning is a great deodorant. <laughs> Makes you smell a lot better. That's if you're Missouri State and you get a chance to, as you said, win a good conference. You know, I mean, that's like the the Dakotas are in there and some good Wasn't schools. Like a and all of a sudden, yeah, you know what? If you're Missouri State and you were one and ten, you claim it. It, it doesn't matter. You 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 claim five your and one in the by league. Golly. Five and one in the league. He can scheme it. I mean, there's never been a doubt about that. Can, he can absolutely scheme it, and especially at that level, I am sure there's a little bit of. Uh, chess versus checkers going on so not that there are bad coaches in that league but Bobby Petrino was an elite coach at the highest level of college football so uh, I think that this is this is why Missouri State did what it did and now the question is which FBS school is going to do what Missouri State did and say ah Bobby well come on we'll give you one more chance uh, somebody will somebody will although let's let's remember he has been fired he has been fired once for losing that was it uh, at Louisville round two. Bobby 2.0 went out on a two and 10 where his team absolutely quit on the field on him late in the season. But he's back. I was expecting more bitterness. I, I got to admit, I'm a little, nah. little disappointed in Pat. When Pete. Pat's on vacation this summer, we're going to do uh, like Shakespearean readings of Pat's meanest Bobby Petrino columns just as a way to <laughs> see I've gotten all I've gotten all the meanness out of me Dan it's all it's 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 all out there as a matter of public record You're like Trevor Lawrence now you just flop the hair <laughs> yeah, I am I'm just that's it. I don't need to prove anything to anybody yeah 
I'm very yeah. zen. Bobby Petrino will never coach in the uh, Division One of the 130 schools again. Never again. For all the reasons we talked about early in the podcast, you actually need to connect with your players. And Bobby Petrino has always been miserable at that. Like, he is the archetype of who will no longer be college coaches. A go in my office, scripted, socially awkward to the point of, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. He's as awkward of a coach as you've ever been around, right, Pat? Oh, 100%. He has less charisma than this bottle cap in my hand right now. And we are going into an era where that, kind of connection and that kind of charisma matters. So I will be, uh, I will, I will buy you a, I will buy you a beer, Pat, if uh, old Bobby Petrino pops up at some like Mountain West outpost in three, four years. He will win, but he also only wins for like narrow periods of time because his act gets old, people hate him. He hires too many of his family members and like just brings in enough recruits that can turn a program and then leave it a disaster when he leaves. I will say it's another example of how like Lamar Jackson's one of the great team guys ever because Lamar loved Bobby and he's the only person who ever loved Bobby. All right. Well, there's something we will see. Missouri state needs an at large bid. The FCS selection show is uh, this weekend. Brief updates. Weber state has locked up its bid. Monmouth. It's either James Madison, Delaware, or Richmond out of the CAA. Bucknell will play Holy Cross in the first Patriot League title game Saturday. Wow. Is that Worcester? Maybe I'll go cover it. No, nah, I think they said host. So you can go drive. Yeah. Why don't you drive to Pennsylvania? Yeah, driving that far. Yeah, Louisville, yeah, Pennsylvania. I saw Curtis Malone in jail there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you drive that far for an FCF game, you're, you're off yeah, the Yeah, we'll throw you off. That's <laughs> one way to get out of this. Yeah. You like football too much. <laughs> Just check yourself into yeah. the federal pen down there. <laughs> One note on Bobby P. They open up the schedule at Oklahoma State Week One next year. So if he's got a squad, yeah, be, I'm not going to rule anything. Coach replacing a lot. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get excited for the FCS playoffs. Uh, so we're going to cover a lot of that coming up. But uh, those may be the two most like vilified coaches matching up in Week One. I don't know if uh, if any coach has been as heavily criticized as Mike Gundy and Bobby Petrino. Right, yeah, they got like, something like the there. last 10 years. They're at the high end of yeah. the list, uh, that's for sure. At least out of guys that are actively still coaching college football. Yeah. I hope Oklahoma State does that all-access show again. That thing was hysterical. <laughs> Coach Gundy goes and plows a field of uh, wheat or something with his dad. It's like, <laughs> how am I watching? Make Stillwater, Oklahoma look really, really entertaining. A lot to do. Hey, yeah, Stillwater, which was ahead of where, where, where was it was ahead of Seattle on the uh, that guy's <laughs> rankings of, of, of probably Power the Five. A little better. Than Stillwater. <laughs> yeah, it was like twenty-seven Stillwater, twenty-eight Seattle. It's like what? What? Ask what about Jess. Are you on? Great shrimp basket. <laughs> shrimp basket. <laughs> they probably do got a good catfish sandwich because yeah. it's probably like fresh from somebody noodling it out of some. You know, lake where they literally go in and grab it by hand. Stillwater has its charms. It I does. It's got charm singular, maybe. <laughs> Eskimo Joe's. I mean, that's actually really an insult. I mean, Oklahoma City stole Seattle's team, NBA team. <laughs> and true. now Stillwater's, I mean, but that's why. That was always a, the most baffling move ever. Obviously, it was ownership, but like the NBA gave up on a cool, rich, diverse city to head to Oklahoma. Like, the upset <laughs> of all upsets. Oklahoma City stole, <laughs> stole Seattle's team. Let's go to a smaller market. Downtown Oklahoma City yeah. has like two hotels and an office building. And the brick, the brick district, which is really like a block. Yes. Yeah, no, it's yeah, Bricktown. Yeah. Bricktown, yeah. which is like 
Yeah. It's mm-hmm. nice, yeah. but and then it ends. It's like Brick Avenue. <laughs> yeah, Brick Street, Brick Block. Brick block. Yeah. All right, that's our <laughs> podcast. We don't want to pick out Oklahoma too much, um, at least not right now. We'll be back next week. Talk to you all then.